get up, get, get up, get up. What's up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast, the official podcast of the New York Mets, episode 123, and wow, what a great episode this is. The Mets not only beat the Dodgers in this series, but have now taken the season series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the self-proclaimed best team in Major League Baseball. The Mets have beat this year in all their games. They have the series lead, which is fantastic, and I mean, I don't think the vibes could be any better right now, so I'll hold the intro short because we have a lot to talk about in this one. If you guys are not yet following us on all our social media, make sure you are at MetsUp on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and if you're looking for the YouTube video version of this, check out the New York Mets YouTube channel. That's where you'll be able to find it. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast, drop us a rating, a review, download it, subscribe. We do appreciate you. James, how you feeling? Amazing. This is one of the more satisfying and fulfilling Mets series. I think of this entire very satisfying and fulfilling season. It was a preview of what we can expect to come in the playoffs, I think. Well, yeah, because these were three grinded out games. They're basically all 50-50 games as yeah. well. Like, just as easily, the Dodgers could have won the series because swept. They even could like they even could have swept, possibly. But some fun with numbers in this series. Not in the way you guys are probably thinking. <laughs> this is our hun- episode 123, 1-2-3. Oh. That's kind of funny. That is nice. Also, Mets record, Palindrome, 84-48. and Palindrome, SAT like word up. of the day. There you go. And now the Mets have won four out of their last five games against the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's because they lost the first two in L.A., those two night games, the Gonsal and Tyler Anderson. Yep. And they won the next two, lost, uh, lost Tuesday night here. That was Tuesday, Monday. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday night, and then won the last two. Yeah, I mean, the Mets are playing really good baseball. Again, the lucky Mets, because this team's the luckiest team oh, in yeah. baseball, of course. There's, there's no actual skill going on here in New York with the Mets, but... You can't beat 36 games under five, over 500 without luck. I can't beat the Dodgers in a season series without a little bit of <laughs> luck. I mean, this is, again, the best team in baseball. It seems like everybody around it is saying it. I mean, we've even said, I think, at times, too, that they are the best team in baseball. But for the Mets to take the season series, to take this series at home, in the way that they did in close games that are playoff atmosphere, playoff-type games, you have to make those right decisions when it's this tight. Like you said, 50-50, and the Mets came out on the right side. Like, this, this is awesome. This is so sick. I'm... This is a fun episode that we get to do because we get to talk about the Mets being the best team in baseball. I think it's right now you can almost kind of say the Mets are the best team in the National League after beating the Dodgers season series. You beat the Cardinals in the season series, and you're on track. There's three more games left, but yeah. you have a good shot to be Atlanta in the season series. So you're, you're stacked. You're, you got to be compared to the other great teams that you play, and the Mets have done that. And now on the year so far, the Mets are 39-30 against teams over 500. It's awesome. That's the third best record in all of baseball. That's just luck, though. Oh, it's done so lucky. The so Mets are lucky. So lucky. And you want to talk about luck, timely hitting. A stat I've talked about the show multiple times is mostly luck is risp. What is risp? Yep. The Mets, Mets scored five of their ten runs in this series with two outs. And that's not necessarily men's scoring position, but generally you're getting a two-out hit rather than like a two-out homer. Yeah. It's crazy. No, the Mets the Mets are playing really good ball right now. And to beat the Dodgers, especially with our backs up against the wall a little bit with the Braves breathing down our necks, it's still very close. As we know, the separation between the two is really close. And you lost the first game of the series coming off a tough luck loss on Sunday that had people very upset and scared about what was going to come. But as we've seen with his Mets team all year long, uh, the guys on the field don't care about what the fans have to say in terms of the season being over, as it's been proclaimed multiple times by Twitter users alike. But, I mean, they just keep fighting back and... The Braves get to play the Rockies, which is a series that favors them massively. And you would have came into this one thinking, okay, if the Mets win two of three against the Dodgers, like, oh my goodness, that's incredible. The Mets right now are in a spot where they didn't lose any games on the Braves, and they just played the best team in baseball. Because the Braves, 
did happen to lose a game against the Rockies. Yep. And there was a funny tweet going around over the weekend from Tim Britton. Very good tweet. Tim Britton's also a very good writer. That since the All-Star break, the Mets and Braves hadn't lost on the same day. So funny. And then he tweeted that on Saturday. And then Sunday, Monday, back-to-back days, they each lost on the same day. Yeah, literally instantly after he did yeah. that, the, the losing together started happening. But, hey, we'll take it. I mean, just, just a great series. And honestly, a great series for the boys, too. Because Incredible. we, on, what was it, Wednesday, right? Yep. Wednesday, we came early to the game, as we do a lot, and we were getting ready to do some interviews. And producer John snagged us a good one here because, I mean, we've got Max Scherzer. You heard of him? He introduced himself to us, which is hilarious. He's like, hey, guys, Max Scherzer. Yeah. We're like, no, we know who you I are. He said, I'm Max. Yeah, he said, I'm Max. I was like, we know. We know. That's, <laughs> we actually want to talk to you. That's, that's why. It's because you are Max. We've, we've prepared questions. <laughs> 15 minutes with Max. That should be coming out soon-ish, I hope. Any uh, idea when? Any idea, John? We're going to push that to the front of the line. Yeah, I think it deserves okay, to be on the front sense. of the line because the interview was incredible. It was 15 minutes that flew by. Max talked so much, which is awesome because you guys listen to us every episode after the series. That's when you get to hear us talk. But when we talk to these players, you don't want to hear us. You want to hear what they have to say. And Scherzer had some of the most unique takes I've ever heard on the game of baseball. Max Scherzer was creating new rules, developing new strategies, telling us about tidbits about his baseball past and history and future. It was fascinating. Best 15 minutes we've probably had on this podcast ever. Best 15 minutes of my entire life. And in case you guys couldn't, <laughs> couldn't realize. Field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were, we were freaking out. Like Lots the way the day started was so funny because we got here early. John's like, get here at three. Got here at three. We were ready to go. All right, let's go get Max. Max, we talked to him. He's like, all right, give me like 10 minutes. I got to go check on things, but I'll do it. And we're like, all right, usually that means like I'm a little bit busy today. I don't have time. Maybe next time. Max is doing his sprints in the outfield. I'm going, oh, there's no shot. Like there, we, When that was happening, what did you think the percent chance was that we'd get this interview? I, I generally think that Max Scherzer is a trustworthy individual. Oh, so when he gave us sure. his word, I believed him. John was a little bit negative. He was, I was like, skeptical. He was like, I guess we'll see if this is worth it. I actually turned around to a moment to you, and I was like, this just isn't going to happen. Yeah. Because like we have also gotten close to talking to Max before, and something has gone wrong or something's happened. And there was so much, there was such media frenzy Wednesday because MLB Network was doing the game. Bob Costas was here. Jacob DeGrom was pitching. Like there was a lot of stuff going on. So like, all right, these guys are going to try to avoid this stuff. John Heyman was lurking. <laughs> he, 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 John he, Heyman was. He creeped on the entire interview. Entire interview, and then as soon as Max walked away, he was on him like a vulture. I Literally. mean, the dude well, was, I mean, give credit where it's due. The guy's a professional. Big J Jerno. But it worked out. We did it. And then when Max actually just walked up to us like and introduced us, hi, I'm Max, hi, I'm Max, John, who was also doubling a producer, friend, cameraman, was nowhere <laughs> to be found. So and we, I, I had to call him. I was freaking out. I was like, like, I was like oh, my God. Like... We're not, we're not going to get up. Like, Max is going to be like, well, no one's here. I have to leave. It's like, if, like you, if you want to bust up 45 seconds of Max Scherzer's preparation because that could be it. That's why he's so good. He prepares so well. Yeah, and we were freaking out, got him on the phone. John was luckily just around the corner, Thank tucked God. away. We just couldn't see him. But the interview cried. went incredibly well. Got the picture with Max. It was crazy. And I, I think there's a chance, like, when we see him now, we might get a, hey, what's up, guys? It's possible. We could at least maybe get a head nod. We got some laughs. We told him about we how did. the only reason we're in this situation right now him. with the Mets is because of him and signing with the Mets, which was cool when we were doing those crazy Twitter spaces, like one of the most listened to sports Twitter spaces of all time. At least the most listened to baseball one For I've, sure, I've ever seen. Baseball. I've seen a couple of college football ones get over us, but no one, none of any other sport. 
It was no. literally just that stupid floor of the state one after yeah. one of the recruits dipped and went with Dion and all the Barstool guys like ready to try and get listens. We which, had the biggest one besides that. Which is also relevant too with college football exactly. coming up this we'll weekend, which we'll talk bit, about that a little bit later. But let's get going with this Mets series. Oh, we also talked to Mark Canna. Yes, and, uh, and, Bob, and Bob Costas. And Bob Costas. So we've got, a, we've got a ton of great stuff coming at you guys. Make sure you're following us on all our socials, like I said, so you can keep up to date to that. With that being said, let's talk about game one. Game yeah. one was the low because the Mets lose this one. So we can talk about this kind of rather quickly because we do have some great wins to talk about here. But I feel like the big thing that was kind of hovering around this game a little bit that caused buzz was that Timmy Trumpet was in the house for this one. He was ready to go, ready to play those trumpets. He didn't get a chance to really in game one. No, but it was cool him being here because this song has become such a national phenomenon. Like, it has expanded now, like, from the Mets to baseball to worldwide, I would say. Did you know he was an Aussie? I didn't know that, but I assumed he wasn't American because I think Blaster Jacks... Or something. I don't know that's, what they that's, are. That's more in your, your field. The I mean, kind of. Yeah, but Blaster Jacks is a little too, you know. Yeah, but Timmy Trumpet was here. I was watching the interview he did on SNY with Steve Gelbs, and it was funny. He's like, he's like, the oh, pitch. I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard Mets fan now. Like, for life, I've never been to a baseball game. Like, it's so interesting to throw someone into, like, this environment, which was, like, one of the most hectic ones that we've seen all year. Yeah. And him not to really even have a clue of what's going on. No, also because this wasn't. Hectic series. Like, the Mets fans show that all three games here. People sure. knew what was at stake and what was going on, who the Mets were playing. Dave Roberts, the Dodgers, they all knew what was going on, too. A lot yeah. of gamesmanship from Dave, which we'll talk about as we move along here. And then it was kind of weird. This was the game he was at because the game was almost totally dead after the first inning. Well, like, yes and no, because the Mets actually started the game incredibly well, yeah. but also incredibly bad. Like, the first two batters of the game was electric, and you're like, oh, my God. We might have a chance to jump. What happened those first two batters of the game? First two batters of the game, we had, uh, what, Nimmo got on base, right? Yeah. And then Marte laid down a bunt. And who was pitching for them? I can't Heaney, remember. Heaney. Heaney, yeah, it was the lefty. It was a weird. Yeah, Heaney went like a, a weird shovel pass to first base when like he had plenty of time to just make like a normal throw. And he threw it like into Marte, basically. Got away. Brandon Nimmo scored from first on the bunt. Marte got to third. And with no outs, you're like... We have the Dodgers on the ropes. I was, of course, listening to his game on the radio. It was like a nice, long bike ride on Monday night. Spent time with some friends. Met a woman who, personal, close personal friends of Tom Hanks, and was, a, was in one episode of The Sopranos. Tom Hanks, good Greek boy. But after the bunk got laid down, the error was made. Starling Marte's at third. Brandon Nimmo scores. Howie goes, small ball, brings a big result. <laughs> oh, no. the, like, there was a lot of things that happened this series that the pure – baseball purists, yeah. is that how I think the nice way to say it is? Yeah. Baseball purists, like, would go crazy about, like, just quickly in game three when Terrence Gore stole that base and he slid feet in feet first. first, I turned to you and said, Keith Hernandez is going to love that. And you know he's talking about it on the broadcast. Seconds later, my dad texts me and goes, Keith loved the feet first slide. Like, he was like, that's, see that slide there, folks? That's good baseball. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of things that happened like this in this series. But then in this moment of the first inning of the first game, we have Heaney on the ropes. There's a man on third, nobody out, run home. For single indoor walks. Now you have first and third, nobody out, run home. Middle year, they're up. Pete, who has been scuffling a little bit, had a not-so-good at-bat. Also, another one against the lefty where that's like, becoming a weird thing. Attacking him high in the zone. Yeah. I mean, that's always kind of been, I don't want to say there's a hole in Pete's swing because there's not, but, like, the spot where he's susceptible to get out more seems to be high in the zone, which also makes sense for a home run hitter. Like, the, you're dropping your hands, you're, you're crushing the ball, so when it's up, he has a little bit more trouble. And the Dodgers, really this entire series, attacked him up in the zone. So something to keep an eye out for looking forward with Pete's at-bats, too. Yeah, even though most of the teams we play the next few weeks don't really employ much strategy. No, there's not so a lot of... So you probably won't see this again for, like, a month. Not a lot of com computation. There was a weird play that happened after. There's been a few instances this season where Stalling Marte has been on third base and Francisco Lindor has been on first, and the Mets have used their athleticism to our advantage yeah. and run the classic double steal play. We made fun of the Phillies about this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> we did. And 
Lindor broke from first, and Marte didn't break from third, and Lindor just was thrown out by three or four steps. Kind of stopped, too, almost giving Marte a last chance to go. So maybe someone missed a sign, maybe it was miscommunication, but that kind of ran us out of the inning. And then from there, Andrew Heaney settled down, and then the game, the Dodgers just felt like they almost kind of took the momentum, even though they gave up a run. I mean, like, yeah, and we did fight back a little bit, too. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to say the game was dead necessarily after the first, but, like, it did have a different feel once you couldn't get Marte in from third, yeah. for sure. But Marte came back with a homer. Canna got the home run, which was a hundredth of his career. I mean, there was things that made you believe again in this game. We forgot to mention something hilarious about Mark Hanna. Just talking about his name reminded me. We we brought up the nickname Marcus oh, yeah. Chirios to him, and just a little sneak preview. I think he likes it. I think he approves. I think, I think he, he got the Canna stamp of approval. So we're gonna see what we can do with that. But this game was it was it ended up being tied, right? Because three, yeah. two, two, three, three. Yeah, three, three. Yeah. Lux had a nice RBI hit. Lux, this, this was a good game for Gavin Lux. His, he, he got rid of all his good baseball in game one, it's thankfully fine. for us. Yeah. Is, that's something I love to say. He can't play too yeah. well in game one. And then we the Dodgers had a rally against Joely, and they scored a run, and that was it. Yeah, and then I guess like the ninth inning, just a little bit of Dave Roberts and Dodgers <sighs> playing a little mental games, I think, for yeah. sure. Kind of like, hey, one, we're not going to show you our best. Hey, two, we're going to use the guy that you guys cut. Jake yeah. Reed uh, came in the game and just kind of closed the door. Eduardo got that hit early on, but... Got the Vogie double play, and that kind of put an end to it, and Jake Reed went nuts on the mound. I know. Absolutely he, ballistic. I mean, you, you kind of want to act like you've been there before. Like, I know the Dodgers win a lot of regular season games, so it's weird they put so much importance on this one. Yeah. As, well, oh, it's no, the only one they were going to win, that's yeah, why. Yeah, I guess yeah. they knew that because they knew how much they struggled against the Mets last time around, too, so they were very excited about this one. But, you know, you figure a team has 27% of a World Series, they would act a little more, you know, Well, nuanced. that's that's right about as much of this series as they won. <laughs> Basically, it's like, similar. Yeah, it's within, very within similar. the margin of error. Yeah, within the margin of error, I mean, they won, what, 33% of this series? So that's pretty close yeah. to what their actual no, World Series is That's kind of like. what they're used to doing. Yeah, so that was game one. Mets lost. Who cares? Let's talk about game two, because now we have some fun. Again, like we said, we were in the stadium for this one. Very early. Talking to Max Scherzer, talking to Mark Canna. Jacob deGrom day, simple man, as I do with every Jacob deGrom start, listen to it in my morning shower. It really gets my day going. <laughs> what time do you take your morning shower? Don't worry about that. <laughs> 11 o'clock. <laughs> 11 o'clock is my morning shower. Roll out of bed at 1030. Uh, I lose little Mark, so I knew that. I just wanted him to say it. My neighbors above me have been just really rowdy. And I, it, I shouldn't even say this. It's like clearly children. Like it's yeah. clearly like three and four year olds. Toddlers are rowdy. The way that they're running. And twisted off like, apple juice. Yeah, it's like the, the stumble run where it's like, man, they're running so loud. Like an adult couldn't run like, one wouldn't run upstairs in their own apartment. That'd be crazy if someone yeah. was just running around. Who even has that big of an apartment to run? Yeah. I well, can't I, run in my apartment. I want to know the size of this apartment now because I can hear them going back and forth. And at times during the day, it's radio, like it's quiet. And I'm like, oh. This is amazing. Like I can just kind of not hear. Like, you think like, they're boom. old? You think they're old enough for school? Because you might catch a break next week. If they start school, this is like that could be like the <laughs> second greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Because who's one? Oh, getting this podcast, of course. <laughs> Come on now, <laughs> gotta play. Be smart here. But that being said, I've been waking up a little bit earlier, not by choice, but because I'm forced to. Because at eight thirty, they are just ready to play basketball. It sounds like. <laughs> ready to play basketball. I was Fisher Price soup. That's probably pretty electric for them. There have the been times. Like there have been times where I've like definitely like overreacted and said they're playing basketball. But recently, like the last <laughs> few days, I've heard dribbles. I've heard dribbles and jumps, and I'm like, they're shooting hoops. They're shooting hoops on the fifth floor. Come on. I just have the guys hanging out in my street smoking hookah, drinking Modelo. Yeah. That's all I got. Our, Diff different our apartments are different routes. <laughs> we live in different neighborhoods. <laughs> I have a family with kids that are growing up, learning vital sure. things in this apartment. You have. Guys drinking, yeah, fellas smoking. <laughs> yeah, but let's get back to this game too because we've been to we've been to a lot of games this year, a lot of very fun ones. This was probably 
the most extremely the most extreme electric environment that we've had all season just because I think everyone knew the magnitude of the game. Mets yeah. are coming off two straight losses. People knew Timmy Trumpet was in the house. We have the US Open going on in our backyard, so it's like a little bit of extra like personal vibe in here. It was it was just it was from the first pitch. Jacob deGrom was just giving the fans exactly what we needed and just just felt good watching him. Yeah, it was what no hit through through three until it John was, texted us. The first hit, yeah, the first hit was in the fifth inning with one out. John texted us after the first out in the fifth inning, no hitter watch or no hitter alert. Yeah, it's no whatever it was. It was something about hey Jacob Degrom throwing no hitter. We read it. It was like, do you, did you guys realize Jacob Degrom throwing a no hitter? Yeah. I think I might have been one of the ones. And a hit happens immediately. We're like, it's like less than a minute. A lot of a lot of expletives. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of. Are you kidding me, John? He loves doing that. Call John a bad word. It's all right because the Mets win this game, so John gets gets let off the hook here. And Jacob Degrom was still a beast. I mean, yeah. his line was incredible again. Seven innings, nine strikeouts, one walk, one earned, just three hits. In addition to that, that one little seeing eye single in the fifth. A lot of. Really good fly balls hit by the Dodgers, yeah, but though. The wind was also blowing out, and it was a national game, so it looked like the ball had a little pep. <laughs> a little, little juice it, in it, yeah, for it was, sure. There were a couple, like, 93, 94, 95 mile an hour exit velocities that were, like, to the warning track. And I, like, me and I looked at you. I was like, <laughs> I haven't seen a ball hit that far at yeah. all since, I don't know, 2019 or something. Like some, yeah, some opposite field, 95 mile an hour exit velocities to the, to the wall. I was like, okay, this is a little dangerous. And there were a couple long balls in this game that we'll talk about, but just to Talk about the Grom for a moment. I mentioned it last start, and now this was his third consecutive start with more sliders than fastballs. I looked back before; I've forgotten, but I remember. I didn't <laughs> whatever it was a heavy day, but I'm not going to say this stat. That slider had 15 whiffs on 25 swings. It was pretty unbelievable most of the game. Third time through, the Dodgers seemed to have a little bit more of a grasp of where he was throwing in the win because he basically throws in the same spot every single time. Every and time, people yeah. still have no idea how to hit it. That's impressive. Shout out to Mookie Betts, who I mean. You got to tip the cap because... It's a pro's pro. Pro's pro. He hit a home run off Jacob DeGrom, also struck out against him, said he might be the best pitcher ever. Which I am i won't I won't argue with Mookie Betts. Let me tell no, you. No, Mookie Betts knows hitting. He knows hitting quite well, and he also knows bowling. He does know bowling. We, I'd love to bowl with Mookie Betts. That could be content for us. Take him to uh, the gutter. The gutter, on LIC. Yeah, <laughs> th- Those conditions probably would... He would probably be like, there's not enough wax on this lane. Oh, he'd scoff. Yeah, he'd be like, this ball? You think I'm going to use this? I got my own. <laughs> Look at those pins over there. All dinged up. But... Just rattle off some more DeGrom stuff because he's incredible. Nine strikeouts and five straight starts. Second longest streak in his own career, which is hilarious. That's the second longest streak <laughs> in his career. He's so good. <laughs> it's DeGrom's 100th career start with one or no runs allowed. That's 204 starts overall. That's crazy. So it's like, what, 47% of the time he's giving up one runner fewer. He's so good. 71% strike rate, best among all starting pitchers, minimum 100 batter face. So he has taken a no-hitter into the fifth inning in three of his six starts this season. And since... August 1st, he made his debut on uh, trade deadline. That was August 2nd, I believe, right? Or August 3rd? Yeah, something like that. We were there. Yeah, we were there. Jacob, that was the trade deadline day. Yes, Jacob DeGrom has a 40.6 uh, strikeout minus walk percentage. Just that I talk about a lot. It's incredibly predictive of pitcher success, even in that small sample. He leads the league in all star. He leads all starters in that stat. Guys with a minimum of thirty innings pitched. Second is Blake Snell, twenty nine percent. I would not have guessed Blake Snell. He's had a very hot month. That's okay. eleven point difference between first and second. Then after Snell, it's like Morton, Lance Lynn, Kevin Gaussman, Aaron Nola, all around 27 percent, and Jacob Degrom over forty. Yeah, Jacob Degrom's a pretty good. pretty good pitcher. He's good, and it's funny too. Like those numbers, like the strike rate and everything. Imagine if you just took out the the leadoff hitter too, because he loves throwing getting like the three balls, balls on the yeah. leadoff hitter, which is interesting. And Jacob Degrom's curveball induced three Dodgers. Swing Wings, two whiffs. They're one to Gavin Lux. Big, big tip of the cap there. Yeah, that's a that's a big move of what Jacob Degrom thinks of Gavin Lux. Now on the Mets offensive side, there was a bunch of hits sprinkled in there. I yeah. think they had like seven hits at one point early in the game against Tyler Anderson. Space them out. Space them out. But the big one 
came from Sawing Marte in the third inning, which was an absolute seed to center field. I think he hit it like 104 or 107. I don't remember the exact number. I'll give it in a second. Rushed it to right center field. I mean, I I said to you, I was like, that ball needs to get out. It needs to get out, like, good. Because Cody Bellinger's Roman center field. Yeah. As much as he can't swing the bat anymore, there seems to be a hole. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. It seems to have a little Swiss cheese bat. But 107 on that Marte home run. Yeah, okay. 107, he smoked it. I was like, that ball's got to get out because there's a chance Cody Bellinger makes that play. Well gone, right right in front of the seven line, who was out and loud for the yeah. game. It's always great when they're there, too, because they, they really bring the energy. That Marte home run was actually only the second hardest hit ball in this game as well. The hardest was Eduardo Escobar's double in the fourth inning. And 109.6. I thought Eduardo was going yard in this game, too. I had that feeling. I, he like, put, I mean, you put one in his first at bat almost out to right field. That wouldn't look good. Yeah, but that was good. also one of those first fly balls. You're like, I was only 96 miles an hour <laughs> off the bat, and that got to the warning track. Something's up tonight. That made me think, though. I was like, oh, man, Eduardo's got a chance. Definitely definitely was interested. Uh, had some something in that for him to hit a home run there. Yeah, gave him a home run in three. Gave Marte a home run three straight games against the Dodgers. No, three straight games in general. Yeah, versus the Dodgers. Dodgers. Versus the Dodgers. And home run two straight days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home run two straight days too. Yes. That was also the first opposite field home run allowed by Tyler Anderson all year. The dude just peppers cutters inside to righties, so it Wait, makes sense. Otherwise, he was like awesome, and he just is one of these mech killers. Pro, pro, pro move by me and you. Yeah, both yeah. acknowledging Got how out. well Tyler Anderson Got was pitching. Tweeted master class that he's yeah. having a master class. And I told the Mark next H. Corliss minimum. Yeah, next inning gave up the home run. Like sometimes you just sometimes you gotta show respect. But even after that back. happened, we got those runs, thank God, because the Jinx God smiled upon us, as they like to do maybe once-ish a week. Once-ish. He was just kept giving us fits. We couldn't square him up because the cutter and the change-up is ridiculous. His little and annoying timing thing with his leg. In his career, he's thrown 29 and one-thirds inning innings against the Mets, two four five ERA and one one three whip, including a start where I think it was seven or eight scoreless last year when we got when the Pirates ended our season mm. and Tyler Anderson hit a home run. I was here. Yeah, Tyler Anderson was like a guy that you just you know when you see those starts like old Mets teams. You yeah. see a name out there and you're like he's just he's gonna pitch well against us, isn't he? He's one of those guys. I was begging for Tyler Anderson this team in the <laughs> offseason. You were you were uh, also you say Kikuchi, so one out of two. Yeah one, one out of two listen the best hitters are in the Hall of Fame hitting th- 30% of the time, so. I go 50% of the 50% time? 50% of the time. Pitches? Greatest player of all time. Come on. There you go. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Things, though, got a little bit more fun later in this game. Tyler Anderson was still in because him and DeGrom were just, like, doing, like, 10-pitch innings back and forth. It was, like— A lot of strikes thrown. A lot of strikes, yeah. This was also a very quick game, which has been happening a lot when DeGrom pitches, which is cool because we got to evade the U.S. Open uh, traffic. John, thank you for not texting us about how quick the game was. At least you didn't jinx that one. There's—all right. Let's backtrack real quick. First of all, <laughs> two hours, 19 minutes. I mean, that's baseball as it ought to be. <laughs> that is that is exactly what you want. But do you guys truly, truly in your heart of hearts believe in jinxes? Like, 100%. Oh, do you actually? Yes. No, no doubt in my mind. Like, Absolutely I, no doubt. John, do you want to hear something? I, I would save it for game three, but... I believe in jinxes. I believe in superstitions. Wait, you actually, guys, oh, this is good. This is, yeah, no, let's say, let's talk about it. it now because this is topical. But you guys might see I have a, a, a hot dog bun carton here. And I say hot dog bun carton because <laughs> if you open it up and you take a look, uh, there is no hot dog in this bun. It is, it's a naked bun. There's nothing in it. During the sixth inning or going into the seventh inning, 
in game three, oh, I went up that? to I went up to the concessions. I was like, hey, let me get a hot dog and a Gatorade. Sure, great. I walked back to the seat. It's like the first time ever I didn't open my hot dog and immediately start eating it, which was weird. Get to the seats. I open it up. It's, it's empty. There was no hot dog in there. It's also ironic that Mark has is a self-proclaimed glizzy connoisseur. Yeah. Yet he couldn't feel the difference in weight and the rattling around wow. without the dog no. in here. Yeah, he, wow. I was focused on bigger things. No, I wanted he, to get no back grease. To the seat. He couldn't. He couldn't feel it. No, and I don't put I don't put condiments on because I'm a I'm a purist. <laughs> I, I like a hot dog for the taste of the hot dog. Keith, Howie, Bob Costas, Mark Luino. Mark Luino. Matt Rushmore, a purist. So I was like, man, all right. Well, I'm gonna go like at the end of this half inning and go get a, a hot dog. Put in my hot dog bun. Because I was like, I, I, I'm hungry. Like, I want to eat something. <laughs> but James McCann gets the hit. Like, the Mets started rallying and ended up, like, mounting the comeback here. So the Mets end up winning that game. And it's because of this, this bunlet or this hot dogless bun. And I've held on to it still. I mean, it's 9 o'clock at night. The game ended about two hours ago. During that inning, when we were pitching, I made sure I kept the hot dog bun in the same hand. That, <laughs> so, like... Edwin, I, ha- I had it in my I had it in my right hand when Edwin let the two guys on. I switched it to the left, and it got so much better. And it didn't leave my left hand for the rest of the game. So yes, I believe in jinxes. I believe in superstitions. I'm I'm nuts. I'm insane. All right. Well, you should put that in our freezer. And if you I don't, said that. yeah, because that thing's going to be moldy by yeah. Sunday. Yeah, but for sure. how long will this last in a freezer? Forever. For, oh yeah, if you put that in the freezer, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be good uh, okay, game. it's going yeah. in the freezer. Otherwise, yeah. it's going in the garbage, and we then have, your lucky write, hot dog. We have to write. Do yeah. not throw away on this. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not well, a pencil. Save it for the uh, sharpie. In okay, there. Yeah, well, a sharpie. I have a sharpie. Um, also, you learned your lesson about checking. Yes. Yeah. I'll never forget to check my hot dog. You I have to. Well, this is like one of those things, and like, listen, I I don't care. Like, I'm not upset that I didn't get my hot dog. It's really okay. It's a statistical anomaly. Yeah, but like. It happens. It's like one of those things where, like, why would I ever check? Because <laughs> I'm just going to open it and eat it. Like, I'll tell you why. It should be there. I ordered a hot dog. Tell us why, John. I once went into Best Buy of Jersey City to buy an Apple Band watch. No way. I walk out of the store, happy-go-lucky. I think I got a nice new band. I get home, box is empty. <laughs> Doesn't even make any sense. And they put me through the ringer of trying to get... Um, my money back. Eventually, they made right by me, but I learned my lesson. Oh, we got it. We got a sharpie from Matt Mendez over here helping Shout out, out the, helping out the show. Do not throw away in in perfect cursive. No. Anyway, so Mark I'll can't, Mark can't write in cursive. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't know if I can. Either, oh honestly. no! What are you do doing? You botched this. Throw. I spelled throw wrong. <laughs> you, throw. You gave do like no. That looks almost thirty percent of, that the, looks of clean. the box. You guys can't even tell. I forgot to put an H in throw originally. You got right rally bun on the side. Yeah, I'll, too. I'll put rally bun I there too. But John, bun. keep going with your story. But anyway, so. yeah. So I, I get home and I learned my lesson that you need to check whenever you walk away with a box that the contents of what you saw that to get are in said box. Otherwise, you're out of luck. I can't believe you guys haven't learned this lesson with Chinese food. No. Oh, making sure the, the order is correct. Hundred percent. Every I, time. Oh, yeah, drive-throughs. I'm all like, if I went to McDonald's, yeah. I don't, I don't eat much. But if I would back in the day, I'm pulling over. I'm making yeah. sure I got everything that I asked for. Otherwise, like you drive away, and then are you really gonna go? Yeah, back? you're done. No, that's that's what I was you're gonna done. say. It's probably is, part of their corporate strategy. Like I would always check my other food. <laughs> they because assume that sixty percent of people aren't yeah. checking. <laughs> I would Undercut. Ch- I would check my other food because I like everything plain. 
which was like, that's a big, big deal. Apparently people love to put condiments on everything. So when I'd like order a burger, I'm like, Hey, let me get a plain cheeseburger. There'd be ketchup on it. Mm. The root, I can't eat that. Like ketchup is just so vile. It's disgusting. So vile, vile ketchup is vile. That is a bad food. Take. I'll throw away a shirt. If it gets ketchup on, I don't a want shirt? to throw away a shirt. I'll throw away a detergent. Yeah. I do have detergent. Oh, I don't I want have the shirt. Laundry detergent story from today. I, I lost the bio laundry detergent, which is like, that's it's crazy. It's that's me, worse it's than throwing away a shirt. It sent me back a half hour coming to this game because I was trying to get my laundry done while I was working to get to the game by first pitch. It was debacle. I lost a half hour. I tore my house apart. I have no idea. It was a new bottle of laundry detergent. I, mean, I have no clue where it could have gone. You had to leave it in the laundry. I had to, of course. Because, like, if you if you lost the bottle of laundry detergent in your own apartment, but like, like I that's... also, I just, like, put, moved things around in my room, put the desk together. So I thought maybe it got mixed up somewhere. And then, like, I, I went to also two bodegas. No detergent. It's going to show up tonight. It probably will. It's going to show up and then, tonight. And, of course, when I go to the grocery store, it was, it was a buy one, get one. So I got two bottles of laundry detergent. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, now, you, now you can lose one and you'll have now another one. I can one. lose one. I have a backup. Yeah. yeah. But it sent me back a half hour. I missed the first pitch of You've got to lose a bottle of detergent. If the Mets play the Dodgers in the playoffs, you've got to be losing bottles of detergent. Someone, someone's got to do, I gotta do laundry. Oh, you want to actually know something funny? So when I came, Talk to the mic. When I came <laughs> yesterday, I had like a notebook in my backpack that I use sometimes, but I hadn't used it recently, and I forgot my book for the train. And when I was coming today, I was switching out things in my backpack, and I took a notebook out, and I put the book in to read, and I was like, you know what? The Mets won yesterday. Yeah. And I put the notebook back in. I took my book out. And I didn't. That's that's doing it for the team right there. I didn't read. I, I know I know the guys oh. play on the field. They're making all the moves, but this couldn't be possible without the rally button. Yeah, keeping the, it in the left hand. The notebook. The notebook. I'm just curious if the majority of listeners. I think that you guys got to fire up the poll machine. Yeah, I'll, we I'll do a poll well, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow. Do you guys at home listening? Do you actually? I feel like the majority of people actually believe in this stuff. I would love to do a statistical s- study. Of fa- how much each fan base believes in jinxes. Yeah, I, I think good. the Mets fans are probably far and away ahead of the jinx. Like, I think that we're looking at 60 to 70% of Mets fans believe in the jinx. If you go out to San Diego, it's probably like 15, 20%. They didn't throw a no hitter for a while either, though, up until Joe Musgrove. I guess that's I think true. That was their yeah. first one. I think you got to talk about, like, I don't know, Cleveland Guardians. Maybe. Yeah. No, they have a drought, too. They have a, I've picked, like, all of the teams that have major droughts. The Royals. The Royals. Maybe the Royals. Yeah. The uh, Tigers. The uh, Yankees aren't superstitious. That's no, for sure. No, no, no. Dodgers. Yeah, probably Dodgers not probably not superstitious yeah. at all. They're fan bases that don't like to have fun like us Mets fans. No. I mean, jinxes, jinxes are real. Wait, John, are you superstitious? So. You strike yeah, me as yeah. a superstitious person. Yes and no. Um, in terms of baseball, I was luckily at Johan's no-hitter. Um, you read the game? I was there. Luck. I'm the only one who hasn't seen the Mets no-hitter in person. Randomly, I guess that's true. That morning, I was dating a nice young girl. Uh, the Rangers had just gotten knocked out by the Devils there like a week before. There it is. And I was upset. So <laughs> I was like, oh, a little Ranger rehab. I'll go see the Met game. Next thing you know, Johan's throwing a no-hitter. Shane Robinson, former Cardinal, pinch hit in that game. He comes up to the plate. And he didn't have a headshot. It literally said no name on the scoreboard. <laughs> and at that time, I'm thinking like, well, no name's going to be the one to break it up. Yeah. And he doesn't. Obviously, no hitters complete. From that point forward, I was just like, I mean, I never thought this was ever going to happen. And not only did it happen, but I was here. Yeah. So how could I be superstitious? But That's fair. I guess I can be. Like, I always like to walk out of my house. Right foot first. Really? That counts. That's, I that's, think, cra- I, that's crazier than I anything think I've said. No, I think, I you think believe no. in a magic hot dog pun. <laughs> You're more than OCD. <laughs> <laughs> that, it might be more yeah, OCD. it might be more OCD. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Charlie Kelly's mom. Oh, man. Wow, that was quite the tangent. Yeah, you want to talk about baseball again? Yeah, let's go back to the game. What do we, what do we, where were we, where were we? We were, we were getting to, towards, I think, the sixth, seventh inning of this game. Tyler Andrews oh. giving us fits. We, on a tee for what's coming next, yeah. Sure, yeah. 
Third time around the order, the Dodgers starting to get a little bit hot. DeGrom was very slider heavy. It looked like he kind of lost command of it a little bit. He was just hitting less spots. Dodgers were seeing it a little better. They weren't chasing it as much. Mookie Betts hit a very convincing home run. Crushed. That really got everyone back into, locked back into this game. Like, all right, he's mortal. That's the one it's where you one like, run game. Let's play. You almost like, you're watching the game here. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're here. It's like Bring you it zoomed in. in. It was like that meme of like, you're playing video games and you lean and then you come forward off the yeah, chair. Right next to the TV. Start screen. focusing up. Yeah. And then Freddie Freeman had a single. There was a very tense Will Smith at bat. As Mark and I were arguing about where Will Smith ranks in the pantheon of position players in baseball, yeah, we put him. We put him like at the right, at the back end of the top twenty. Yeah, which I think is a fair spot. Yeah, we went literally player by player in the half inning right after this happened, and it was because we couldn't talk about while the at bat was going on because the jinx stuff. I can't talk about how good Will Smith is. No, and no, then watch him beat us. No, of course not. Or the opposite. That's true. We talk about how good he is, and he doesn't get the hit. Yeah, it's hard. You see, the jinx life is a, it's a tough line to walk. I was scared with Cody Bellinger too because yeah. on this day I just. Just dropped a center field tier, tier list on my channel, and I said Cody Bellinger stinks. And I was <laughs> like, oh, man, I might be eating those words today, especially because he came up in some big moments. But I feel like the biggest moment came up in this game, though. Next inning. The next inning. Justin Turner, I think he's I think he's on the rat list. He's an R, but he's not an RF. Yeah, he's, he's on the rat OGs list. know what we're talking about. He's on the rat list, I think. And, I mean, he's a Met killer now. It feels like every time we play him, he gets a big hit. He was He's a He's well, just he's a clutch, yeah, good he's professional not a hitter. Met killer. He just always hits. He's just he's just a killer of he all the teams. Stop yeah, he's a good baseball player. That's really more what he's it addicted is. Addicted to hitting. He hit a deep fly to what I guess center field. You would call it right, not where, right where center. Not right you call center. That? I don't know. Right <laughs> center field. Center field. Center field. You freak. And Brandon Nimmo, who has just become one of the elite defensive outfielders, one of the elite center fielders in all of baseball. I'm just going to put the elite tag right on him because he's an absolute stud. He's so underrated, but. He tracks his ball so well, times it perfectly, and makes catch of the year. It, it reminded me a lot of that Mike Trout catch in Baltimore that everybody yeah. knows about, where it's just like in stride, in rhythm, over the wall, robs a home run, completely changed this game. Nimmo also had a very similar catch last year. I, I might be crazy, but I also think this was the Tyler Anderson it game. Was. It was. It was. Yes. <laughs> it was a, the second game of a doubleheader on a Saturday. I remember this very vividly because I met Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens this day. That's the day Sitting in the Pirates Friends and Family section. I'll never forget that. She was wearing platform Crocs and crushing vodka sodas. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And Nimmo was in the first inning. He went out the exact same spot, center field, full stride, reach out, made the catch. He's just quietly become an elite defensive center fielder for a guy who like for a while had the tag of he's going to be a corner guy now it's like oh why would you ever move him from center field definitely not and a lot of the people have said it's because of positioning like he's played a significantly deeper center field than he did earlier it allows him to use his speed getting downhill on a ball forward and then being able to backtrack going back yeah he gets good reads on the ball too like and he's also like brandon Moe is just he was always baseball young he didn't even play high school baseball like yeah. he was american legion wyoming he, he probably saw what like 25 balls a year <laughs> that's what i mean so like and also the fly balls against people who probably couldn't hit that well yeah for sure he was in the car for three hours on the way there it wasn't no, that focused no one's hit a fly ball as high as they are now a different air quality air density I don't know what the air density is like. Wyoming, is that where he's from? Yeah. Yeah, Wyoming. I don't, I've never been to but Wyoming. Probably Barry never Brandon will be. So, he's just been getting so much better every single year, so you almost kind of expect him to keep taking these steps, keep taking these steps, keep taking these steps, and did it again. Showed some emotion, too, which a I lot love. Of I love seeing Brandon Nimmo get hype because, like, it, that's how you know the moment's big. Is yeah. when Brandon Nimmo shows a little emotion, you know that that meant a lot, and he gave, like, a yes. I Again, like. And everyone was, like, jamming on him after. Yeah, the, the expletives had to be, like, Oh my gosh! She Wilkers with a catch. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> by golly, we hauled that one in. But by goodness, he could he, he can do whatever he wants when he's making catches like that. Like he was oh, such yeah. a beast. And he was like so funny talking about it after the game because he had that bat the following inning, the following half inning with a man on, and it just seemed like he was still really keyed up. Yeah. And someone asked him about it after the game, and he was like, oh, "I had so much adrenaline going, I was scared I wasn't going to fall asleep till six a.m." <laughs> it's just funny. He's great. 
Adovino came in yeah. for what was that the eighth then right came in yes. for the eighth against me, me yeah. and you we we could sense a little tie turning so as we are with superstition and jinxes we moved our seats got up got up right before we got to the mound had to change locations yes. had to be just because things were going well but it was different Adovino facing two lefties and Mookie Betts I was just a little bit scared about that and he got through it handled it beautifully super well handled super it well. beautifully and then we got to see the trumpets. Live and in person. Timmy Trumpet's here. Stayed for a second game because he wanted to play for Edwin Diaz. Went out onto the field, and it was absolutely electric. It was there, sick. It was like being at a concert with a pit. When it began, like, people, like, stormed the rail. It was it was tight. It was crazy. Like, the upper decks, I feel like, emptied out so that people could get lower and get closer to being on the, like, to the field for that moment. Like, it was, it was I don't want to say pandemonium, but it was close. I, like, just, in, I like, knowing I can get lost in chaos. It's like, you know, I'm a little shorter guy. People can lose me in a crowd. I use the opportunity to just go, like, right up to the field. I lost you. Yeah, literally. I was, I was too, too quick. I was like, where'd you go? <laughs> I literally went down the stairs in the field level. I wanted to get as close to the field as possible to, like, to feel this energy. Speaking of superstitions there as well, you were like, come on down. Just come down. Yeah, like, you were like, no, no, no. I was like, it's, I, he's well, striking out the guys up here. But you know, a big reason I did that is because that's what we did that Subway Series game, yes, if it you is. remember. It's like, yeah. we went to the exact section, watched only watch the ninth inning there. So this might become a bit of a tradition for me. Yeah, we might. John asked if we're superstitious. Do we actually <laughs> yeah, believe on. in this? We just rattled off like, <laughs> like 11 things that happened this week. <laughs> extremely specific things that have happened in the last 48 hours that we've <laughs> each done. Like Literally. I think you got your answer there. Oh, my God. And then you got through it. It was just, well, there was no resistance at all. It went right through the, the heart of the Dodgers lineup. It was 2-3-4. Striking out Trey dudes. Turner, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith in a one-run game. Got it to made, his... Cut well, him like butter. Yeah, got to his 100 strikeout this, this season. Fast pitch to 100 Ks uh, and by innings pitch in Mets history, which is yeah. pretty impressive. John tried to sneak the word virtue in there. Yeah. Mark up for a second. Nah, that's... I don't read often, so, <laughs> you know, virtue, that's a big word. And 30-second uh, game with one or no runs allowed by the Mets has fourth in baseball. They're so good. They're so good. They're so good, like... It's so funny how if the Mets give up one run, the conversation amongst other people who are not smart will say the Mets are lucky. <laughs> they could but be like smart in other things. But like you'd some... be really smart with Rockets and done with baseball. Yeah, true, true, true. But like, at what point are you just going to be like, maybe the Mets are good at pitching, are a good baseball team? Like, 84 and 48. I, they're, like, there's even some Mets fans that still don't believe. Like, I don't, plenty, I don't know what it's going to take. Plenty of Mets fans. I don't know what it takes. It just, it might, it, it literally, you know what it takes? It literally takes winning a World yeah, Series. Yeah, you know what? That's actually true. It's exactly what it takes. Someone will still have a problem. It's no more, no less. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess it is. I wish it didn't go seven games. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That would be it. We got seven games to win this. You couldn't win it in four. Uh, I mean, this team is just so good. And, like, a game like that against the Dodgers, as tight and as intense as it was, good baseball teams win that game. Yeah. And the Mets beating the best team in baseball in that sense. Like, that's just, that's what you want to do. Mets had eight hits in this game. Seven of them came with two outs. That's awesome. Yeah. Clutch. Clutch something. Something was happening. This Clutch team is just, it seems like there's a lot of focus, too. Yeah, no. Like they after, after losing game one, they came out onto the field. My dad even noticed this to me talking to him. He was like, they just looked really loose and comfortable despite... I mean, like, the circumstances aren't weird. It's just that the Braves are close. But, like, they really just felt like they were like, all right, yeah, we're going to do our job again today, and we're going to come out and play well and, and win this game. Also, we met some fans in center field before this game. We just hung out. We, I went to go meet my dad. He was in center field with one of his friends, and he was just chatting up two guys, like a, a guy and his nephew. Yeah. Fans of the podcast, John, uh, Jonathan DeCastro. Chat you out. And your nephew. I yeah. wish I remembered your nephew's name. I don't think we actually got it. Okay. Maybe yeah. that was He's a little shy, but he was a good kid, and he listens to the podcast. So you know you know we're talking. He's yep. a great kid then if he's listening to Fantastic the podcast. Fantastic kid. He's a good kid. Great way for game two to go. Quick and easy, in and out, back to a story in like 10 minutes. It was great. Yeah, I, got, I caught the first Super Express out of here. I, w I, was, I, was, I was like back in Brooklyn 
by like 10, 15. I was, make, I was making a joke with you earlier. I was like, we're probably going to get home the same time tonight when the game started at 4. Oh, we're going to go home later tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and when it did yesterday when it was a 7 o'clock game. Talk, moving on to game three, though, here. So it's, uh, it's another another good one. Rubber match here. This was this was probably the most because the Degrom game was incredible. But I think this was the most compelling game of the series. The most like things happening that we actually can talk about, dissect, yes. analyze. Because in the first inning, it started uh, again. It was one of those rallies where it could have been so sick. Like we had we had Clayton Kershaw on the ropes, on the absolute ropes, and his what was his first start back right from yes. being injured? No rehab starts either, just sim games. Yeah, and, and it did look sessions. like he had to shake off the rust a little bit because he was no walking command. guys in the first inning. Bases loaded. He gave a walk to Mark Canna, which he hasn't done in, like ever almost seventh of his career. Year. Seventh time Clayton Kershaw has walked in a run. First time career. since 2015. That is disgusting. That's that's the last time the Mets were in the World Series. It's true. Hey, we were 19 years old. Fresh, either freshman or sophomore in college, depending on what month that happened. Did not have a legal beverage. No, definitely not. It's insane. So yeah, living, we had, living in dorms. Well, you were living in dorms. You never lived in a dorm. Not in tw- 2015. Well, 2014 it started, then 2015 uh, it ended. Oh. That was, that's the bulk of the baseball season, if you remember. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> unless he, unless he did it in September 2015. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. August, there South Carolina. We start early. College football starting this weekend, maybe. Yep. So Mets like got off to a good start, but it could have been better. I wish it would have been better too, because when you have an opportunity against a guy like Kershaw like that, like you gotta, gotta. Gotta make it count. And getting one is good. Taking the lead is good. But Clayton Kershaw literally is like one of the best pitchers of all time against the Mets. I, you could just you don't even have to put against the Mets. Just yeah, well, of literally all time. The best of all time. But also specifically against the Mets. He's he, before Wednesday he had started fifteen games. Thursday he started fifteen games. Ninety eight two thirds innings pitched. Ten and zero record. Only pitcher in history that have ten wins against the Mets and no losses. Not today. Two point one nine ER. Right. I only got the loss. Uh, no, he did not. not, he did not Mar- get the yeah, loss. game loss. Well, Dang it. And I think. 2015 NLDS. I know we beat him, but I also don't know if he got the loss. Then. I think he because did. these stats were only regular season. I pulled them off baseball reference. I think, I think he did get one loss in the postseason against us. Two starts also. I think he made. Okay, yeah, he but, started game one. Yeah, two two one nine ERA, one oh three WHIP, twenty eight percent strikeouts, seven percent walks, fifteen career starts against the Mets. He's unbeatable. And Dodgers were before today, yesterday. When you guys listening to this, fourteen and one in those games. That's pretty impressive. But obviously, as we know. They didn't get the win today, which is fantastic. He also got super sharp after this first inning. He struck, a little help from the shadows, After the I think. first inning, he struck out six of the next nine batters. He's good, but he's... I mean, that's nice, I have to say. Not nice. Batters. batters. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. I just said nice because... Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, nice. He's just good. He's just good. And... And Dodgers got two right after this happened as well, which also made it kind of hurt. A couple knocks, a walk. But there was also a weird play here, which reminded me of the 2006... NLDS. Yes. Where it was bases loaded, hink, single hit. I almost said hingle. Single hit by Chris Taylor. And the and Trace Thompson just using his athleticism, which is one of his best traits. He yeah. tried to score from first, first yeah. on a single with Relative, one out. Relatively close. And the top of the order up next. <laughs> yeah. And he got thrown out. Well, by a step only, but I thought that was a little bit of a peculiar play at the time. Dodgers third base coach seems to be a bit of a maniac. I think I'm kind of learning a lot of third base coaches might be. Just might be a little crazy. You might have to be a little crazy it's to make kind these of decisions. Part of the game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we know Joey Cora is. A you mad have a man. split second to just wave an arm or tell a guy to stop. It yeah. could literally determine the win or loss. Which also, thank you for sending him. Yeah, yeah I think great. that did change that entire inning for sure. Mookie Betts would have been up with a man on third, one out. Yeah, that's that's man on first and third. Yeah, first and third. You're yeah. right. So it would have felt could've a whole disaster. lot different. Yeah, yeah it could have been really bad. We ended up getting an out off of a bloop, which was awesome. And then the game kind of just hit a lull mm-hmm. up until the sixth inning. Had a nice little rally off of Kershaw as well. Or not off of Kershaw, because Kershaw came out after five. 
Chris Martin. But cool that we had such a long inning in the first. The silver lining on that dark cloud, only scoring the one run, base low went out. But he threw over 20 pitches. His first game back, he wasn't going to throw that many anyway. So no. nice that we got to get him out in the fifth. The opposite of what happened with Tyler Aronson the day before. And yep. the Dodgers did have one of their, their better bullpen guys ready, but we're still able to hit them. Yep, Marte had that little legged-out hit that Gavin Lux just kind of slept on a little bit. Marte doesn't always bust it on every play, obviously because of his hamstring, but this one, he he was sprinting, and he had an over 30 foot, feet per second sprint speed, which Elite. that's pretty fast if you guys don't know. Uh, if you're not running those calculations in your head, 30 feet per second is pretty fast. Got that because Gavin Lux was sleeping. Then Lindor laced the double after another foul ball home run, which the Mets are absolutely elite at. That uh, As fast as Marte got on that uh, run down the first base on the swing bun, that would have been top 10 sprint speed in all of baseball. Yeah, it's pretty fast. Pretty Only fast. Bobby Witt, Jose Siri, Trey Turner, Jorge Mateo, O'Neill Cruz, Tim LaCastro. Those are the type of guys who are faster than that. Yep. Lindor drove him in with that double that he smoked. He then stole third base, which was the fifth steal of third base that he's had this year. I on mean, 15 total steals. Francisco Lindor is a good baseball player. Stealing third is kind of like a litmus test for like those baseball players with the extra gears. Yeah. You know, the guys, those guys who are really, really aware, the guys who are really, really involved, those guys who really know it's what they're doing It's a little there. cerebral. It is. Just because he got such a good jump on Sick that. Sick jump. Oh he was timing God. him the entire time, and yes. then finally was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it, and with one out, it's a perfect time to do it. Also had an unbelievable series in of itself. He was riding an 0-for-20 something streak coming in. Yeah, John but, Harper. Yeah, thank you, John Harper, for reigniting Francisco Lindor because in this series he was five for ten with a walk and a hit by pitch. That article got me mad. I I, I said something on Twitter. I was yeah, you ate, ate the trash. I ate the trash. I took the clickbait. I mean, his article did say that. Like it, everything that his title was was true that he said in his article. So he didn't really, I guess, bait me into reading it. But he did bait, bait me into tweeting about him. So yes, and that's then, off to you, John. Darren Ruff, who's also been on the Schneid a little bit, had a nice sacrifice fly to drive Lindor in. Give the Mets the lead here. Big first, sacrifice yep. fly. I needed that for Darren Ruff's stock and I think for a little bit of Mets fan sanity as well. Because yeah. there was like a... The, it's been the, the anti-Ruff movement's been growing on Twitter. The cheer was like a little bit of like a yes, thank yes. you. Also because it, he had a couple balls, then he got to two strikes with some fouls, and we were like, you really got to get this run in because you get got to get a guy from third less than two outs, take a lead against yeah. a very good team. That's a very, very important situation. And Ruff has driven in a runner from third with less than two outs in three of his four chances with the Mets. He does seem to bear down a little bit when we need him. What do you think the league averages on that? Can you get that, John? It's got to be low. It can't be that no. high. Yeah, runner third less than two outs? Probably... Around, like, better than 40, 50. 50%? I'd say a little better than 50. I'd guess, like, 53, 54. Yeah, because that means hitting's still hard. Hitting is still hard, but making contact isn't crazy. Yeah, I guess that's relatively true. But I don't this, know, we have to make decent enough contact. This was too. a good moment. It's also against a righty because Caleb Ferguson was warming up, so if the Mets would have brought in a lefty, then they would have just brought in their lefty. So, good for Buck for trusting trust here. Yeah. By the way, 51.2% is the league average. Pretty close. You were pretty yeah. close. Pretty close. You're going to need that for the estimate later. I, well, I'm cold the estimate. Yeah, you're cold there. Chris Bassett, another strong start. I mean, the line wasn't anything to really like talk about, but he just did exactly what we need every single time. Quality start. Yeah, June and July, Bassett was just crushing the K minus walk rate, which yeah. is talk about last one of my favorite stats. He was like top twenty in the league in it. That has very much that very much dried up in August. But he got another quality start, sixteen. I think That's pretty good. Yeah, John, you gave this quality start stat before. Yeah, he is now one of ten National League pitchers with sixteen or more quality starts this season. The word quality, that describes Chris Bassett. Literally. Quality. That's the kind of guy you want starting game three he's in a like, postseason run. He's like the Mark Canna of pitchers for he us kinda, a little bit. <laughs> he kind of is. And there was like a month in the beginning of the season where it was like it, I, you got them confused because it looked very similar. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, I mean, Chris Bassett giving us exactly what we needed. That consistency hasn't allowed a home run in 46 innings. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, 
double plays, everything's been rolling. Why would you guys say that? It's a jinx. He said it. I, just I knocked, said it. I just knocked on the wood. Come on. This is a factual. Do what I can. This is a factual statement. This is not an opinion. I think opinions jinx. No, but it's true. But I think when you reveal a streak like that, that becomes a jinx. Mm, that's what I get for trying to be a stack guy. Yeah, it's true. I was. You, you know what it was? It was. Here. It was because the kid in center field today told me he likes you <laughs> more than me because you read stats. So I had to try and get a couple stats in there today. That's my first one out of all the people who've ever come to get <laughs> pictures with Mark. <laughs> That was that's what I get. That's what I get. Yeah. But I mean great job from Chris Bassett. Then very important the inning after Bassett came out, Trevor May came in. Trevor May threw a very good inning after letting the first two men on. Yeah, bad start. Bad start, but he found his slider after that. He found the command of his fastball. He struck out Mookie Betts, who I got very excited for it's a big one. The strikeout. Yeah, that was good. Because this team needs Trevor May, and Trevor May at his best is an incredibly, incredibly effective relief pitcher. Super we know valuable. that. So if you could find it for this last month and we got some good matchups for anybody out there to find it. That would be very good for this team. Maybe he needs to throw like a few more warm up pitches. It seems like he just like had to warm up a little bit more before he You're got his ready. Friend, tell him. I'll shoot him. I'll shoot him a DM. I'm sure Trevor May would love nothing hey, more hey, than Trevor, for me to I have say. An idea. Why don't you throw more warm-up pitches? You look like you're not ready yet. Like, I'm sure that would be – he'd love that. Yeah, he'd probably give you uh, give you some harsh words. Give Jeff McNeil hitting advice, though. So. And he appreciated it. He did appreciate that. Can't forget it. No. Hitting Coach Mark. And then after this moment is when the rally bun was born. Rally bun. Because rally Mark, bun. Mark was feeling a little bit awkward because he had just – we'd just been out, like, a time or two from the seats we were in, like, in the 300s, like, into a row. And there was, like – there was a good group of, like, of, of like middle-aged slash older, older people statesmen. having some fun around us. Oh, really, they were having a Really good time. getting after it. I think one of the guy, like, turned over to his friend at one point and was like, I'm – I'm feeling it. Yeah. yeah. Used a little different language, yeah. but. So then with two outs and nobody on, with James McCann up, I had to go to the restroom. Mark was looking for some pork, porky goodness. I was like, let's go now. And I said, it's the middle of the at-bat. Yeah. Let's just finish it. Let's see what happens. And literally from that moment on, the message just went on a tear. McCann roped that double in the gap, which was awesome. Got a little close to second base. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Hey, get in there. Can't hit the ball hard a lot this series. Yeah, he did. He had a bunch of hard hit balls. I know John has that stat. John, you want to hit us with that? Yeah, uh, on this homestand, I believe, is what I wrote down. Yeah, six of his seven batted balls on this homestand have been hard hit. For those at home who don't know what that means, 95 miles an hour or faster off the bat. And today he roped a line out, 106.1 off the bat against Kershaw. I'm telling you guys, James McCann is going to have big hits for this team, both down the stretch and in the postseason. It's coming. You heard it here first. No jinxes. Big hit, Jim. That's why we call him Big Kid Jim. Also, another shout-out to Gavin Lux, who just didn't really properly track a pop-up in this inning as well, which was very nice. Yeah, uh, Mookie Betts and him, it just fell in no, no man's land, and it helped get some more stuff going for this Mets team and def- ended up giving us a nice lead, which was great because now we have the middle of their order up yes. for the eighth inning, which was what? Three, four, five. So that would be, I don't remember the names. Freeman, Freeman, yeah, Freeman, Smith, Monty. And Edwin comes into the game. So we got the trumpets. Oh, wait, no, it might have been Turner. Two, three, four? No, no, it was three, four, five. Oh, so, oh yeah, because Trevor May got the fly ball from Turner after yes. that. That, that, got, that got well into the outfield. <laughs> a little scary. Well into the outfield, yeah. But Edwin comes in. A little bit of a rocky start. And that's what it's because I had the rally button in my right hand. That's, I know, that was the whole reason that. That was on me, guys. Yeah, but happens. you know what? I switched it over to the left hand. And as soon as I did, he had no problems. Yeah. I mean, Couple full, couple long fly balls yeah, yeah. too. I, I, if, I, if Edwin Diaz can pull one thing from this podcast, it's to never ever point in the air. Yes, because we have PTSD Please. with that. We have bad memories. Yeah, and also this was a situation. I turned to Mark and talked about this. We've been very like happy about using Edwin Diaz in different innings if it gets him against the middle of orders this yeah. season, especially the last few months. Seems like Bucks been doing that a lot, but against the Dodgers when you have three, four, five coming up. 
you're you, like when you're facing the Dodgers, you you're more scared of one and two than anything else. Like one, two, and three. Mookie Betts is the best hitter in this lineup. He's one of the best hitters in all of baseball. So when you're now facing three, four, five in the eighth inning, you need to not if two men get on base at any point the rest of this game, Mookie Betts gets in that bat. Yeah. And I've almost I'm almost looking to use Edwin Diaz against the best hitter possible at some point. And this is this is like this is not an exact science, but like when you're when you're doing this eighth inning thing with Edwin, it's like a needle threading situation. And when two men got on immediately with nobody out, that guaranteed a Mookie bets at bat yeah. if it wasn't gonna be a double play. And Edwin Diaz doesn't get ground balls because no. he only strikes guys out and gets fly balls, so it was unlikely to get a double play. So I was a little bit nervous in this moment that we were gonna have not Edwin Diaz facing Mookie Betts at some point. Everything worked out, but it's just it's a little wrinkle in this in the in the different ways the Mets are weaponizing Edwin Diaz. Yeah, because you you can see the process behind it of sure. like three, four, five. Yes, we want our best order. pitcher facing the heart of the order. And the idea also is that if Edwin Diaz is Edwin Diaz and he gets a one, two, three inning because he's so dominant and because he is, then you have Adam Adovino, who's been one of the most dominant relievers in all of baseball as well, against the bottom of the Norther, and you you don't Mookie Bass doesn't see the field. But once those Correct. two men get on base, that was guaranteed, and I got a little nervous. Yeah, but luckily for us, as you were mentioning about Adam Adovino being one of the best you yes. know that we've seen. No, no trouble whatsoever. It was such a smooth, such a smooth ninth. We're, we're getting to the point where we have to start recognizing Adam Adovino as one of the better offseason signings oh, in all of baseball this no year. No doubt. I mean, like, he's almost a forgotten about acquisition, it's too. Like a, it's a 2.02 ERA in the year. Like, it's so easy to bring up Marte, yes. Tana, uh, Scherzer, Bassett. Yeah. And Adovino kind of goes by the wayside a little bit in those conversations, I feel like, that I, I've had with other Met fans. I can't even imagine where this team would be right now without Adam Adovino. Like, he's very, very clearly been... The number two guy. The number two guy, the second most consistent guy, the second most reliable guy all year long. And if Edwin Diaz wasn't having one of the greatest relief seasons of all time, I think Adovino would be getting more shine. For sure. he's having one of the best relief seasons in all of baseball. It's overshadowed. Yeah, since May 8th, because he had that bad outing with the Braves when his ERA crept over four for a minute and people were rallying against him after, one like, thing? after six appearances or something like that, yeah. saying that he wasn't good. <laughs> a 1.02 ERA, 0.84 whip. 48 strikeouts and nine walks, and he stranded 23 of 32 inherited runners. Fourth best ERA in all of baseball among 429 pitchers with at least 100 batters faced. He Fourth just, best. It's He has such a unique fastball slider in that his slider is really slow. It's like 80. I think today it was sitting around 80. And his fastball and his sinker or whatever, like, sits like 95, gets a little bit higher sometimes. So, like, the change in pace, along with his arm slot and the way that the ball comes in and his tunneling. His extension, too. His extension. Like, we saw that pitch he threw to Chris Taylor in the ninth that Chris Taylor, like, took. And it, like, ended up being right down the middle. And you're like, how do you take that? But then they showed an angle on SNY from behind home plate, like, kind of Chris Taylor's view. And the ball started off behind his back. And it ends up being right in the middle of the strike. So, like, that kind of stuff is so insane to have. And Adam Adovino, like you said, has been immensely important to this team's success. 100%. And, I mean, you mentioned the difference in the miles an hour. That fastball sinker, you're right, sits between 94 and 95, and that slider, just 81. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Monumental difference. Over 12 miles an hour. Change of pace. Like, yes. we, we talk about Jacob, Jacob deGrom, like, has something similar, but it's just because he throws, like, 102, and then his slider's yeah. 91. So, like, there's a no, big no, change no. of the pace. No, no, no. The slider's, like, 93, 94. We had this conversation talking during Jacob deGrom's start that oh, yeah. if you took every single pitch that every single Mets starting pitcher throws, Jacob deGrom's slider is in contention for the second hardest thrown pitch behind Jacob deGrom's fastball. <laughs> yeah, Edwin Diaz, basically. Yeah. If you just take the starting pitchers. Literally, because Scherzer's fastball gets around like 94, 95 yeah. when he's really you know, cranking. He's really feeling that stuff. But DeGrom Slyther sits there too. So sick. I mean, like this. Also, we're talking about velocity. Edwin Diaz threw the fastest pitch of his career on Thursday. 102.8 mile an hour fastball. Strike Gavin Lux out and end that eighth inning with men on and a run in. You see 103 pop up on the screen and you go, oh, 
that's pretty fast. It's shocking, honestly. And there were a lot of tweets about 103. And when this was all said and done today, the Mets had won another rubber game. The cool flip that the Mets lost game one, won game two, you know, evening out those numbers a little bit. Yeah. But the Mets are now 15-3 and three in 18 rubber games this season. That, that feels like a lot of rubber games, too. Which is is a lot, because they always win game one, lose game two. Yeah. It's the recipe. Good baseball team, man. Really good, good baseball, baseball team. team. 84 and 48, palindrome. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. I mean, they went 77 games last year. Already seven games better, and they have the whole month of September left. Yeah, good team. Great team. Great team. That seems great team. They play great baseball, full team effort. Everyone's involved. Everyone, everyone made an impact this series. It was awesome. Awesome stuff. Now, well, even this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Even Michael Givens threw two scoreless innings, including one against top of the Dodgers or there. On Tuesday night. There we go to the Givens. Uh, Even had it. The haters. We know we're Givens guys over here. We're so. trying. We're trying. We're always going to be pushing for our boys. Givens guys. Givens guys. <laughs> is, that, is that the tagline of the rock with Givens guys? <laughs> I guess I did say it. You know what else was great about this series? Yeah, I know. Your boy won another estimate and is pushing. I had to, I had to put my hand up on that one. I was That was one of the worst guesses ever. That I was I That's was in contention for the worst guess. It was the worst. Maybe yeah. the booze, but that was subjective kind yeah, of. Yeah, that was I was feeling hot. I was feeling the Yankees were playing so bad. Like there was there was a chance there was 100 booze in that series. <laughs> there was a chance. I I was riding about 5 total hours of sleep last weekend before we did the estimate excuses coming out. Mark and I were working hard Friday night preparing for all timers day. We got up early, took the train up to the east side. You guys hear this? I was went, fine. Went straight from all timers day to a concert, was out late Sunday morning. I had to be at the Meadowlands at 10 in the morning for Mojo, getting content there. I was, I was, I was busting. And by the time that, by the time this episode came, I was like half asleep. I had fallen asleep for three hours in the afternoon. That's how we got to do it. I know. I know you have a chance to redeem yourself here. John, I I know you got a good estimate for us. I do. But first I want to say hi to your dad. Yes. I I met Mr. Luino um, on Wednesday and you told me he was super mad about the Chase Utley take. My dad talks a big game. Yeah. But very, very nice gentleman. James, you didn't tell me your dad was there on Wednesday night. You're so busy during the games. Like, ah. we, can't, we can't wrangle you during a game. I can find, I can find a couple minutes for, uh, right. for Mr. Next, Shiano. Next week, next time my dad's in the ballpark, which will probably be the next home game because he's addicted to City Field. No shout-out for my mom. Mrs. Luino is very nice There you go. But she didn't, you Rude. didn't tell me that you wanted to punch me in the face. My mom, <laughs> my mom has no Ill, Ill will towards you, except the fact that you forgot to shout her out, too. But Yeah, now it's actually, that's almost that's a, that's a flub. Yeah, that's a Second that's a time I've, I've admitted a flub might, today. Might catch a little flack for that one, John. Yeah, well, you know. You're on fire with the flack versus slack. I'm, uh, listen, it's, it's it. something yeah, that I've hot. really made a conscious effort to <laughs> fix because I sound like a stupid person. Well, I'm not, I mean, not stupid, but maybe just not, not the smartest. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, you're on fire with these, like James said. You're looking real smart right now. Seven and five, right? Seven five. Seven five. Um, so it was Max Muncy chases. For this episode, we're going to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, for those who are not too familiar with the upcoming opponent, the Washington Nationals, Luis Garcia has shown a pretty good hit tool, um, but the one part of his game that's not quite yet refined is his ability to identify balls, um, yeah. including he might be today. He to identify them. He just likes just, to swing at them. He likes to swing at everything, yeah. <laughs> which is good. Pace of play, two hours, 19 minutes. We're all for it. 
Uh, Luis Garcia is down too. New York guy too, by the way. Is he? Is he really mm-hmm. from New York? New York. Had no idea. Interesting. Yep. What is he? Twenty one, twenty two. Young, young guy. Twenty two. Getting Good a swing. lot of burn with the Nationals right now as uh, they wind down their season. But including today, he has five walks and two hundred and fifty eight plate appearances. One of those walks actually came today, which I was super excited about. Mm-hmm. So, I want you to guys. I want you guys to tell me. How many pitches will Luis Garcia take for a ball in this three-game series? Oh, boy. Man, that now time. we can, like, see each other's paper and cheat here. I'm yeah, going to put up a wall because James has been struggling in these series ever since, ever since we've changed it to the new Under code. new fo- uh, format. Yeah. You know, I, mean, also, I also have the one cushion because I'm going to, you know, there was one taken off the board that I absolutely should have won a month ago. Yeah. Nah. Nah. Yeah. If, if neither guy pitches... That's, that's part of the under. That's why you bet. Listen, you got the Kyle Schwarber no, one where he got void, one pitch James. The, the, the wager is voided if the guy doesn't get into the game. We'll it see. says it on the – from <laughs> what I've heard. I, I don't know. But from what I've heard, it says it right there. Man, this is super interesting. Where do I want to go with this one? He does not walk ever. Not at all. It's like, like when Ahmed Rosario didn't draw a walk for the first, like, 40 games of <laughs> yeah, 2020. Very similar. And then he the did, and you could the hear wall. the entire dugout erupting because and, there was no one in the stands. And we got so three fun. games against the Nationals. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna write my number down here. I also want to look at one more thing. Do a little Jeopardy. Yeah, give do us a do do do. Was it Mike was on Jeopardy, right? Mike Janelle was on Jeopardy, and he uh, there were some T-shirts made because <laughs> his uh, his final Jeopardy answer was something to the effect of I don't know the answer, but the Mets are going all the way all the way this year. By Let's the way, Mike. great spot with uh with Mike today in the park. Thank you and. I guess I opened my big mouth and talked about the locks. Yeah, it was your birthday today also. Oh, yeah, John, hold on. Happy birthday. Everyone, make sure you, uh, however you can, wish John a happy birthday the day we're recording this. How, how old are you, John? Not 40. Not like 40. You guys claim. Yeah. <laughs> closer to 40 than we are. 31. Yeah, definitely closer than we are. Yeah, I'm sure. But, hey, you guys will get to 31 before you know it, too. You're Piazza oh, year. I am Piazza year. Um, I'm trying to find John's Twitter right now to show that. Do you remember that? It's like JMB. Oh, yeah, JMB9191, right. yes. Yeah, there we Everyone go. make sure you tweet John happy birthday because John is the best producer. Tweet John happy right. birthday and also tweet him your hockey takes. He will talk hockey any day <laughs> of the week. I haven't gotten a hockey uh, plug yet in the show. Oh, you did. You threw it in immediately once you started talking. What did I say? You are talking about the Rangers just lost to the Oh, yeah. Ranger yeah. rehab. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was wearing a Gretzky jersey at um, at the Johan No-Hitter, by That's the way. Insane. That's insane. Because I was, being, I was being petty and the Devils were playing the Kings. All right, James. You guys got your yeah, numbers. Yeah, I got. I got my number. I got my. Ugh, now I'm thinking. I'm, I'm so in my own head right now with these. Uh, well, I don't like that number. This I don't would like be a massive number. collapse, James. I, I mean, I you know, like I've seen either. some collapses in my time. This would be up there. It wasn't crazy. It was like a four. It was a four lead. It felt like a runaway. By yeah, the you, way, if we wouldn't have changed the rules, this would be over by now. Well, yeah, I no, think we're we could making. So we're not. I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Hold on, my number. I'm not ready yet. You're not ready yet. How much time do you need? Oh, you're right. Checking out the walk rate. No. What's the first number that comes to your mind? I was running quick math. Zone, in right. zone rate. We know that Ohio State doesn't do math like South Carolina. That's, like in that I, last actually episode. Actually, that's not true. Like in that last episode. No. Number one international business school in the country, all right? What? Those people South know Carolina? Math. Yeah. Is that so? Well, at least Ranked higher than the Kelly Business School of Indiana? International Business International. School. Oh, okay. Very specific. We're going, we're going global. I don't know where Darla Moore ranks, but the international program is apparently fantastic. <laughs> I never even once had a chance. You guys ever win a conference? Yeah. <laughs> Not while I was there, but we won sometimes. All right, ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Three, two, one. What number did you write? Six. I wrote 11. Another disparity. That's, All right. That's another really interesting one. Yeah. I had eight on the back originally, mm-hmm. and I said 11. Like, I went five and I bumped to six. So my theory was he's probably going to get about 10 at-bats because I don't know 
how much he's... I don't know if he's going to play against Peterson, who's going to be pitching on Friday, because lefty-lefty. That's great. So I said, great for let's me. just go 10 at-bats. And because, one ball per at-bat? Yeah, and about one or two balls per at-bat. And anything... Listen, you went low. I you know. went really low. So anything above 11, at, yeah. I, I mean, I win. So the more balls that happen... Yeah. It just plays completely in my favor. If he doesn't play that one game, though, I like my chances a lot. Yeah, for sure. But if, you play, if he plays in three, yeah. you might be screwed. I don't know. This, this could be a one-game back <sighs> lead right here. Really it's breathing tough. down your neck. It's coming close here. Oh, man. I mean, I, I was really resting on my laurels. I'd be interested to see who you guys want to wear the tuxedo more, though. Would it be me or James? It's totally you. You think so? 100%. I don't know. Maybe. I kind of think it's you, James. Why? You got I can't beard. explain look it. Better, look better in the tux? Well, of course. I'm I mean, a clean shaven man. You're a, a cave or wolf man. What do you call you? Caveman, wolfman, wolf boy? Uh, yeah, that one guy called me caveman or wolfman or something. I think I have that tweet in my dress. I never I, sent it out. I just feel like Mark would own it more and for you sure. would you own think? it less. So it would be like oh, more of a punishment that's so for you. Disrespectful. Put a tux on No, me. no, like like you don't want to wear it. I feel like Mark could be wearing He's like, yeah, it's cool. I'm fine to wear I'll it as I'll long as content. I don't buy it. Dude, that, that actually would make it funnier if you guys had a. No, it would Absolutely not. Now you both. That's the incentive, though. Then no, you no, don't no, no, really. no, 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 no. Absolutely not. We're not allowed to bet. All good. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no betting. Sure. All sure. right. I just realized, by the way, Luis Garcia, five walks, like I mentioned, three of them have come in the last seven games. Nice hot, baby. Let's oh, go. Let's no. play it to me. Oh, no. I mean, listen, James, you're the pitching guy. All you need is the boys on the mound to just pound the zone. Pound the zone to Luis Garcia, which I feel like is a perfect way to preview who could be pounding the zone against Luis Garcia. What are our pitching matchups for this series? Pitching matchups for this series, I load them up because I was checking out the college football scoreboard. College football scoreboard, yeesh. It's on tonight. There's oh, some yeah. games on right oh, now. Oh, yeah, there Couple is. Couple ranked games. No SEC or whatever, but. David Peterson versus Josiah Gray on Friday night, 7-10. Josiah Gray unfollowed me on Twitter, so I hope he gets rocked. <laughs> We've seen Josiah Gray a few times this year. Josiah Gray is great stuff, but he throws a very hittable fastball, and the ball... He's prone to the home run ball. Loves a good home run. Yes, he really, really loves allowing home Hope runs. Hope he gives up 20. High ceiling on him, but he really just can't get that fastball off of the heavy contact. I believe he is a LeMoyne Dolphin. I th- believe he played I actually sh- think you're right. I believe he played shortstop he was at shortstop, LeMoyne. College shortstop, I actually yes. don't know if they're the Dolphins. I actually became obsessed with him as a prospect because he was a shortstop. Whenever guys like learning how to pitch, like the baseball young, I'm like, and they already have good stuff, I'm like, that's a guy. Yeah, I remember when he followed me. I was like, hey, look, your guy followed me, yeah. and then he unfollowed me, so yeah. uh, give up 20 runs. And then as of right now, because I, I remember reading that Carrasco's return was intended for Saturday, but I think that now has been pushed back to Sunday. Not sure. Uh, on ESPN, it on says. ESPN, it has Scherzer, Corbin, Saturday, 7-15. Weird that we have a 7-10 followed by a 7-15. Yeah, what's with the 15? That doesn't make any sense. It might be a Fox thing, if I had to guess. It's not Fox. It's not a Fox game. You can't no. be putting Mets in no, Kevin It might have something to do with the Open. I have, what's five, five minutes? minutes I know, but the why, why, I don't know. It's weird. I know Kevin Burkhardt's throwing a first pitch on Saturday, so that'll be oh, exciting. Oh, really? Kevin? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. KB. KB, return, return to glory. And then Legend. Sunday, 1-4, Carrasco versus Fetty. Okay. I mean, uh, it's the Nationals. Yep. We Just should take them. care of business. Should beat them. Beat them. Definitely. Don't. It's not, yeah, it's not that much to talk about them. No. Um, Just got to kill them. Don't look past them. I think that's really what it comes yep. down to. Don't look past nas- Nationals. Take every game one step at a time. All those yes. cliches. I will say them because you have a chance to really do some damage here. And the Mets, the way they've been playing, should do some damage. Yep. And next 16 Mets games are against the Nationals, the Pirates, the Marlins, and the Cubs. And the Oh, yeah. And the Pirates again. That's exactly yeah, six, what you 16. said. Yep. Yep. This is, this is a stretch the Mets can really make some noise here, and I know the Braves have a little bit of a tougher schedule, too. They have like, they're have going out west. They're going out west to Oakland, San Francisco, and, and Seattle. Seattle. Yep, and they have the Marlins, I think, this weekend. So, I mean, you got to keep an eye on it. It is officially 
I believe, scoreboard watching season. Oh, it's a scoreboard watching season for a month. September, and the Braves are three back of the Mets. I mean, both are just really good teams, but, I mean, the Mets, they just keep playing the baseball they have, and I really do feel good about this team. Just play who's on the schedule, don't look past anybody, and win the games. Win the games. Yep, and I know you have a busy weekend coming up here, James. Labor Day, what are your Labor Day plans? I am heading back to the alma mater. Go Bucks, Ohio State. Massive OH. game. I.O., baby. Massive game against Notre Dame. Two versus five, or maybe three versus five, how it lined up in the shoe. I'm I am absolutely ridiculously excited for I'm this I'm a little game. jealous I didn't end up coming. I know. Mark Mark was intending to come with me and some friends. We had a big Airbnb. A lot of uh, friends uh, bowed out. Shout out Dan, Danny, yeah, call Mike, Anthony. Everyone bailed on a big Airbnb. So now I'm just crashing on a couch with a friend who still lives out there. But Mark was going to jump in with another friend, Ernie. You guys know him as being the biggest uh, Jonathan VR fan in the world. Huge. A recent... Mets convert. Yeah, we converted. We got we him. Converted. We told him he wouldn't be playoff eligible if he converted after September 1st, and last week he made the call. So, uh, big congrats to Ernie. Way yeah. to go. He was always a Marlins fan traditionally, but it was mostly because of Miguel Cabrera because he's from Venezuela, and with the Marlins uh, DFAing Jesus Aguilar, he said that was the final straw. Yes. Which, <laughs> which is really funny. He'll die on. He's got a Luis Guillorme jersey yeah. and a Jonathan VR jersey. But it's going to be a great weekend in Columbus. Big game against Notre Dame. Got to get a win. Start the season off hot. CJ Stroud. Heisman frontrunner, Jackson Smith and Jigba, best receiver in the country. Can't stop, baby. I'll be rooting for Ohio State, too, until Steve Angeli, who is my neighbor uh, back home in New Jersey, until he starts for Notre Dame, I will be rooting heavily against them so that they get him into the game sooner. Freshman yeah. stud. Well, I mean, 17-point spread. Hopefully it's, you know, 28-0 in the first half, and Steve can get some reps. Down. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, Everybody wins. I.O. Yep. And uh, Gamecocks got an easy one against SC State, or not SC State, Georgia State. So should be a nice and easy weekend in the – New era of South Carolina football with that Heisman candidate, Spencer Rattler. That's generous. Dude, he was a Heisman candidate last year. He's <laughs> kind of. <laughs> he's he's playing SEC football. Dude's got a cannon of an arm. He's he a beast. Spencer Rattler for Heisman. You yeah. heard it here first. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ride, though. Big weekend. First week in college football. Let's get excited. Yep. And go Hoosiers also. Don't forget that. Uh, John, yeah. you, Labor Day, anything? Yeah, I'll be here. Oh, yeah. You work? I'll be here. Yeah, that's right. I that's forgot. Home. Yeah. Good place to be, though. I'll Great be, place I'll to be, be here, too. Yeah. yeah. I'll be hanging around. Yeah, we'll be enjoying I would have been here if I wasn't in Columbus. Got Ty's Tacos tomorrow. Yeah. You guys, well, I guess the day you guys are listening to this, Taiwan's taco truck, I guess, is going to be out in front of home plate. So if you're here early, you can go get some tacos. And Carlos Grasso come back to the team. Yeah. Really? Really? Uh, it felt like it felt like an eternity yet no time at all. Is there fireworks this weekend, John? Yes, tomorrow night. And on top of that, the players will be picking the soundtrack for this fireworks show, Ooh. which is really cool. I think it's the first time we've done that. Um, we had a bunch of guys pick songs, so looking forward to that. Yeah, On the ribbons, we'll have uh, the song title and who picked it, so that'll be cool. That's cool. Always fun. Labor Day weekend vibes, fireworks. What day is that? That is uh, tomorrow night, Friday night. Oh, it's Friday yeah. night. Fire. Oh, D- DJ night as well? DJ night, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the place to be. Where else would you rather want to be right now? I mean, I'll tell you where you don't want to be. The Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> well. Definitely. Uh, I mean, things, things are looking good out here in Queens. Anything else we got to talk about this episode? All good. Guys, get ready for that Max Scherzer interview because it was the highlight of my life thus far. Yeah, if you, like seriously, if you were not – can you even turn on notifications for a podcast to come oh, out? Oh, you can turn notifications for our Twitter. Okay. Yeah, yeah I should t- do that. Real fans. You should turn on the notifications. You should be subscribed to the podcast. We're also, we said it before. We'll say it again. We're going to try and be more active on Instagram. We're trying. We're trying. Like, we're I not make, Instagram people. I make some reels and I forget, but we now have a, a few more graphics. Yes. So that will help. Shout out to Mets. Uh, we got some pictures. We have some more reels coming at you. Well, but there's going to be a ton of reels from Max Scherzer interview. Yeah, as many as we could possibly draw out of there. So make sure you guys are following us on all our social media, at MetsUp. That's on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel. It'll be uploaded there. If you like what you're listening to here, make sure you download, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, rating, review, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow James at James underscore Shiano. Follow me at Giraffe Neck Mark. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you after the National Series. Have a good Labor Day. Peace out, guys. Happy holiday weekend. Well, I guess Labor Day is Monday. Yeah, we'll see him on Labor Day. Yeah. Get up. Get, get up. Get up.